0: no hard or fast rule to this. I kind of just categorize things in like three main areas. I say, are you going for reach? Are you going for impact? Or are you going for revenue?
1: Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now... Here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. Welcome to another exciting section of your Personal Branding Podcast. And today I have Tom Morkes with me. He's a West Point graduate, Iraq War veteran. That's excites me and I want us to really find out how he got into that Iraq War veteran. CEO of Insurgent Publishing and author of the soon-to-be-released book, collaborate the new rules for launching a business online and today we want to look at how to launch a product or book online and my expert with me Tom Marcus. Tom welcome to the personal branding podcast oh yeah
0: Bernard thanks for having me I really appreciate it um, great to be here
1: it's a pleasure I treasure <laughs> awesome so what excites me about what you've gone through what you've done so far is you are an Iraq war veteran can you really let us know how you got into the, how many years and how that's how Everything. I mean, it's it's interesting to really know.
0: Yeah, so growing up, uh, no real family history, or not much, in the military. Uh, m- my dad was enlisted for a little bit, but really growing up, uh, I didn't know I necessarily wanted to, to do that, to go into the military. But then uh, both my brothers actually ended up going to West Point and then graduating and, and um, becoming officers. And so when my oldest brother did that, I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. So I followed in their footsteps. So all three of us, uh, the, um, two of my other brothers, um, went to West Point, and uh, and then actually all three of us uh, went to Iraq as well. So yeah, I did that. I was commissioned and spent five years as a commissioned officer in the Army, a little over five years, and uh, was a gun truck platoon leader over in Iraq. And then when I came back to the States, I went to Captain's Career Course, and I became a... A company commander of a headquarters detachment and a special forces unit. So while well, I wasn't special forces, but I was in that unit um, and got to got to command a, a headquarters detachment. So that was pretty cool.
1: Also, it's like a, or as a let me put it, a family kind of a, a profession. Most of your siblings, you even went there with your siblings. Wow. Now, what what interests me to know about this particular thing is that you know, those in the soldiers or military those in the military have been trained to be able to I mean face fear in the face. How have you been able to transfer that kind of training into the real world in business life, and how have you been able to manage that?
0: Yeah, and that's a really good question. So one is, I suppose maybe you know it might be called courage, but but at least like being being able to deal with uncertainty. So number one is that because obviously when I was over there, it was an uncertain environment. In um, any time you go outside the wire, you don't know what's going to happen. So I mean you can draw the same parallels between that and and what you do as you know business owner or a writer or an artist or whatever. There's going to be that, those certain parallels to dealing with uncertainty. So number one is that, and then two is, is figuring out creative solutions to problems when you lack resources. So. That was, you know, what I did on a daily basis over there, and same thing now as kind of a bootstrapping publisher, um, author, entrepreneur. So it's, it's, you know, it's the nature of trying to start something from scratch with limited funds, limited resources. Uh, you know, going against the, the top dogs in the industry or whatever. In, in context of publishing, you know, there's there's lots of competitors out there. Um, how do you carve out an inch for yourself? It's, it's tough, but uh, you got to be able to do it. I mean, you gotta, you have to. Be
1: able to creative, creatively solve problems uh, to succeed. Well, so, we're able to face with uncertainty and also be thinking more creatively in the midst of all that. So, these are some lessons you've learned as in being in the military and, and translating that into the real world of business. Now, getting into publishing, that is the age of digital publishing. Look at insurgent publishing and, and what you've uh, helped other authors to achieve so far. How did you get started with insurgent publishing? Yeah, good question. So, I started just kind of
0: on, uh, kind of winging it just as a, uh, you know, a test and experiment to see if it would work. Um, so prior to, to starting a search of publishing, I had done my own publishing, like published self-publishing, and I'd done that for a number of books and guides. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm decent at this. I was like, okay at, you know, I, I was obviously, you know, good enough to, to successfully publish books and, and make sales from it and make some money from that. And and put resources together to create stuff. And so I said to myself, well, I can do this on my own. Maybe I can help out other authors and kind of leverage, you know, where where they, um, you know, essentially be a value add for other authors, so that they can focus on maybe writing and where I'm better at maybe the marketing and the sales and uh, that kind of stuff associated with with books. Because of course, books, you know, the nature of publishing is not just writing; it's it's sales and it's marketing. And there's a lot of and, and, the reality is that a lot of people out there don't do that right. Um, so that's really has been my focal point with insurgent publishing has always been the, and that's why I called it insurgent publishing. It was, you know, insurgent marketing is what I like to call it. It's trying to figure out that creative solution. Again, being an underdog, being uh, a, a bootstrapper, um, trying to figure out creative solutions to, to get a book out there when a very noisy, very crowded marketplace.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, it started with just one project and kind of uh, snowballed from there. So now I, I rep, um, we publish you know about a half dozen um individual authors uh, we and uh, and yeah, so it 's been going pretty pretty well you know next nice, uh, pretty pretty small operation still, but, but definitely
1: growing great and before we delve deeper into other aspect of publishing let 's look at what are some of the things or mistakes you 've seen authors make how you 've been able to help them throughout. Maybe it's becoming noisier in the publishing versus well, Amazon digital publishing. And what are some of the mistakes you've seen over the the period as as a publisher, and how you've been able to correct or help publishers, authors who come to your aid for help?
0: Yeah. So the the biggest problem is not is not starting soon enough, and then the second problem is not putting your work out there soon enough and not sharing your work. Uh, a lot of people still believe that. It's, it's kind of crazy to me, but yeah I, did have, I still have these conversations on a daily basis with people, and so I it kind of blows my mind that you know people still think this way, but people there's a lot of people out there that still believe that they have a good idea um, they can you know send a pitch or a manuscript to a publisher and they'll pick it up and they'll be good to go for life and the reality is um, not only did that not happen that much prior to now, but the so no publishers pick up an unknown author if he or she doesn't have an established audience mm-hmm. so so the biggest thing is not having an audience. So if you haven't, if you, if you, you know, you've been writing in in solitude, that's not going to help your chances. So the point is, you need to start building an audience. What's the best way to build an audience? It's to start sharing your work to put it out there. Blogs are a great platform for that, but it's not the only platform. It's not the only avenue. There's plenty of ways to kind of grow an audience and to and to build a network around your writing. So that's the number one thing that's the problem. For us, the way we kind of solve that problem is, one, there's only so much we can do. If an author has done no work on that, then it's kind of, it's almost fruitless to start from scratch. But, but you know, we, we've done that with, with one of the authors we're working with, kind of building the platform from scratch right now. Mm-hmm. And that's the point, is to get that platform built up so that when we do release the book early, about midway through next year, that there'll be an audience already built up for this book. And so that's that's one of the ways we approach that.
1: Now, one of the things concerning being able to share your content as an author or as a writer, as one of the fears is plagiarism. People have seen that people having added steal their content. So some are a little bit skeptical and holding back to not want to share my content on social media and not want to hold because I want to wait till my full book is ready. What do you see concerning that and how does that help in the other way around to those who are able to go out all out with their content?
0: Yeah, so so if I understand the question right, and again, correct me if I if I don't, but I think that the question is um, the concept of sharing sharing our content before it's complete or before we believe it's complete is that is that right? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. So yeah, because I'm the kind of person I don't necessarily like to share stuff until it's ready, or at least (laughs) you know when it comes to writing. But but the reality is I can write about other things that aren't necessarily the book or isn't necessarily like the final thing I'm going to create. I can still share pieces of it or parts of it um, and, and not feel. Uh... So I, I get it, like coming from, from the author's perspective, why that's that's tough for some people, uh, especially if they're they're introverted at all. So I understand that. Like personally, as, as somebody who writes as well, I don't necessarily like to share stuff that's not complete or that I don't feel is good enough. But the ways to get around that is to to figure out something that you can speak about, that you can talk about, that might not be directly pulled from your work, Per se, but maybe it's something about it, or maybe it's the process that you go through, or maybe it's you know learning lessons from what you're doing, or maybe it's just sharing some aspect of what you're working on. And so, in that way, just kind of being transparent and kind of opening up the, the doors to so your creative process a little bit. I mean, there's tons of fans that love that stuff, and it's it's crazy how many. And then the reality is, anybody can kind of garner an audience of about 100 to 1,000 people. Um, that's not it's not impossible for anybody to achieve that to get 100 like mm-hmm. legit fans. That want to support you, but the only way to get that is is to share your work and is to to start being transparent.
1: So the key point is, uh, as an author writer, you need to start being transparent by sharing the the things. But but it depends on the, on the author too. Like some have their own fears or, or want to wait till uh, till they release their contents in a way. Yeah, I mean it's
0: it's the that's the tough tough part of it. So I mean if if, if they have the you know it, the reality is, and this is not you know it's. If, if you can't get over that fear and you can't do that, um, n- nothing's impossible. Mm-hmm. But you you dramatically decrease the likelihood or chances or probability of success. So I'm not saying it's possible. You can definitely, you know, maybe maybe it's possible. to Still write in a shell and then pitch and, and get picked up. But uh, I think that the chances are are
1: uh, and, uh, very. Let, let's look at this. And Al- Altai is approaching instant publishing now. Okay, I'm in full book ready. I want to publish, what would you take me through to help get my book out successfully? So,
0: yeah, so I guess, you know, that if, you know assuming some things, um, you know, that there is some sort of audience that we've built up at least a little bit, assuming that the book is you know, relatively good to go, that we don't have to really talk about that. When it comes to the marketing then, it's about how do you catalyze that audience or how do you activate um, that audience? How do you get them ready for your book? How do you let them know about it, and then move them to toward the purchase and toward the review and toward the share? Um, you know, it's it's kind of that common sense stuff that applies to really any business, and a book is is really a business, and you should kind of approach it that way. So you should have you should have some sort of business marketing plan for your book. You should uh, there's certain steps you're going to have to take to to promote it and to to share it and, and to hopefully, um, you know, get it to a point where it's self sustaining to a degree depending on what platform you put it on so if you want to sell through through Kindle or through uh, through Amazon there's going to be certain steps that you take to get it to the top and then you want to take certain other steps to kind of maintain it there and keep it in those top three spots or top six spots in Amazon top three is really powerful um, just based on the way the search engine works so um, you know what what we do is it's focused around creating early notification lists so getting people aware that a book is coming out. And then it's identifying kind of an ambassador list or a, yeah, ambassador list is what we call it. And that, that's essentially just people who commit to sharing and reviewing the book when it comes out. And not just because you're an ambassador doesn't mean you have to. It's kind of encouraged. It's really hard to actually police it or anything like that or, or be sure if you have a large ambassador list, not everybody's going to do it. But the concept is you say, Hey, for those, for, for my biggest fans, if you, I want to give you an early copy of the book. I want to give you an insider look into the making of this book. I want to share. I want to get your involvement in the creation of this book. And in exchange, when it comes out, I want you to write a review the first day, and I want you to share it. And the reality is so many people are so happy to do that. But you have to ask them because people are, you know, by nature busy in their own lives. So the whole point is to try to figure out how do you let people know about the opportunity? and How do you incentivize them to be a part of it?
1: Now let's look at this from, from your perspective. What has been some of the best practices, uh, to launch a book successfully? I know you've successfully helped people launch their books, I've seen single their returns. So what are some of the best practices you have for all authors listening at this moment to launch their book on their own?
0: Yeah, so I'm working with a couple of authors right now, and I, I, my, my anticipation is the pod book make it to bestseller on Amazon, because that's their goal they want to be on, they want to, and again, I don't necessarily, you don't have to go on Amazon. It's one of the things I tell my authors is that you don't, it's not the only platform you should be on, uh, depending on your goals, but in the case of these two authors and, and the most recent author I worked with, we got his book to, to number 30 in all of Amazon, oh. free, which is pretty pretty competitive. Yeah. But more importantly, after we got it up there for free, it stayed number one and number two in, I believe it was Startups, Business, small business, and entrepreneurship, those three subcategories within Amazon. And the reality is, just to put some perspective, being at the top of Amazon might sound cool, but it's not really that important. What's really important is to be at the top of the categories that you want to show up for. So it's much more, it's much better for this author to be the top of those categories than to be, you know, 30 and all of Amazon. Because the people that are looking for books like his, we're looking at that, that cat, those categories, we're going to find his at the top. Mm-hmm. And so that's why that's so important. So just like one of those, again, it kind of depends on what your goals are, what you, and then, and so depending on those goals, so in this case is reach, we it to increase his reach, we want to get more exposure. So that was how we did it. We said, okay, our goal is not, it's not to make money from this, although that happened, but the goal, we just said the goal is just to get as many downloads as possible.
1: Okay. There's many, there's many hold, hold on, Tom, yeah. before you continue. It means that uh, for every writer and author you need to really set a goal for his book. Like you mentioned in, initially that uh, the book uh, publishing uh, process is a business. It's looking more of a business. So it means that one needs to really set a clear goal whether you want uh, visibility, exposure, or for money or for both. Then you can help the person launch the book. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. So I, I try to distinguish maybe between like three... Three kind of, this is just how I do it. Again, there's no hard or fast rule to this. I kind of just categorize things in like three main areas. I say, are you going for reach? Are you going for impact? Or are you going for
1: revenue?
0: And if you can pick one of those, those, then we can facilitate some sort of marketing and um, sales campaign that facilitates that. Because the reality is revenue, your best option is not to use Amazon. And that's just something that not a lot of people recognize. Um, it takes more work, but again, that's just kind of the nature of what your goals are. And if you're going for impact, you know what? There's, there's a multitude of different ways that you could approach that. So it's like by, by just focusing on, say, which area you care most about, it can help you, help you answer those questions. Because then when when it comes time to, well, how do I price this on Amazon? You know, if you're going for reach, the answer is pretty clear. You want it you want it relatively cheap, but without undervaluing what you're creating. Mm. If you're going for revenue, again, like I said, maybe I will use Amazon and then what I would do is I'd sell it on my own website directly to my customers and I would create tiers. And I would have, you know, three tiers, three price points for this book with bonuses at each level. And or maybe I would, you know, it's 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 just a couple of examples. We can get into that if you want, but it just kinda gets a little hairy. But the actual tactics that are used, but the concept is start with the, what you actually want to do and don't get, you know, people think, oh, well, you know, I want, I want revenue and I want reach and I want impact. Okay, cool. That's not going to help you at all because so that's not going to help you answer the questions because when they come up every, every step along the process, you're going to have to answer those questions. What's most important? You know, how, how do I price this? How do I position this? How do I, how do I share this with friends? And if you don't know what your ultimate goal is, you can't true, you can't successfully answer that question you can't answer that question in such a way that it will get you to your final solution because you don't have one you know you don't have a you don't have a, 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 a particular goal so it really does start fundamentally with with a specific goal
1: so what about even who want to maybe first first time with you you want to is looking at visibility so you want to get more reach the next time the author approaches you again is at this time i'm not looking for reach or impact i want revenue
0: so that's a great example so like a lot of the authors that i work with it's like the you know the first first book it's your first book i I, i'm kind of a proponent of saying let's go for reach let's get get you you know get you you know exposure and get you out your name out there to a broader audience and let's use that to build your platform why because if you can build your platform and buy that and that could be a blog it's you generally an email list social media isn't really that effective um so it's generally an email list generally and that's generally via a blog Um, and then the way so once we build up that platform then the next time you have another book then is the time to maybe go for revenue and so that's where I would say maybe you don't do Amazon not at first at least maybe you offer it exclusively to your list when it first launches and you create three variations of the book sort of or not out of the book it's about what I put it you write the book and then you create three three tiers with additional bonus content for the book so you have your just the book And that'll cost 10 or 20 or 30 or $50, whatever the type of book is, depending on the industry. And then you have a second tier and that'll cost, you know, 50 to 100. And you have your third tier, it costs 100 to $200. So in each of those tiers, you just think of what would people pay extra for? Well, if they're interested in your book, and so this specifically really applies to uh, entrepreneurs and through to marketers and business people that want to leverage publishing platform to increase their their clientele or or increase uh, leads and stuff like that. So this is a really good good practice for them. Um, You know, bonus stuff is going to be things that add value to that book content and that add value to that reader for that specific topic. So if your book is on, for example, I I wrote and published a book on pay what you want pricing. So it's Mm -hmm. very, it was, I added bonus interviews, uh, bonus checklists, bonus templates, bonus, you know, all this bonus stuff that added value to the final end product. And then I was able to charge you know, much higher for those tiers. So does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it does, it does. Now, one of the things, so what is your recommended or best practice to help an author build a mailing list or leads, especially if the first book, the person has no social media following or has no, 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 fan, no following, but I, I want to use my book to get rich. So how do I do that?
0: Okay, so... Number one is kind of like I alluded to in the beginning, which is you have to start building a platform. And I know that's going to be uncomfortable. The reality is it doesn't, nothing really works without that. You have to have some sort of platform. So again, with with very, very, very rare exceptions. um, But if you're serious about this, you ought to start building a platform. But excuse me, the second thing is the book itself then should be something that leads you back to the website. So if I open the book up on Kindle, Maybe in the first couple pages it says, hey, for additional bonus reasons if you want to download this this free if you want to download this book as an audiobook, head over to my website at www.yournameofwebsite.com slash free audiobook. Okay. Because if I click on that in Amazon, I might see that. I might just go over to that website, not even buy the book on Amazon. And then download the audiobook. But of course you require somebody to enter their email address to get the audiobook. That's one technique you could use. Alternatively, you could Within the book, you could have at the end of every section or chapter, you could have a suggestion to go check out a specific page on your website with more resources. And you could put that behind an email um, login. Uh, something that requires your your email address to get access to. And here's the thing about that, if you put that within the book itself, I've already paid for the book, I've downloaded it off the Kindle. So if I'm reading this author, of course I'm going to go to the author's website if I if I'm interested in the subject, and of course I'm going to enter my email address. To get the free resources, so those are two ways to rapidly build an audience from from a, a
1: published book. Okay, great, great. So with, with that, then a person can then with well, the second or third book can look at ways to be able to market to their audience now because now you have a list. You can then do your target marketing, and go for I mean, not only for uh, reach but for revenue. That's exactly. That's wonderful. Looking at the digital publishing and landscape now, what does the future hold for us? Um, are you going for more audio, more digital, more more print books? What do you see in the landscape now?
0: Uh, you know, it's the margins in digital are just so good. Uh, it doesn't doesn't necessarily make sense to go another way. I mean, I do a lot of physical print stuff still because there's still quite a market to do that. And by the way, I'm just talking basically the U.S. market. Mm-hmm. So if you go through other parts of the world, um, physical print is actually still much better. Uh, That there's still a heavier percentage or a higher percentage of people in um, other parts of the world. That and in some some parts almost exclusively because the Kindle store is not in every country. So it's kind of one of those things you have to think about your markets depending on how um, you know again depending on how how many depending on where you're listening from right now depending on your specific market. But in in the U.S. market, um, it's the the trend is digital, and there's more revenue coming through that every day. I don't think the actual, last time I checked, I don't think the revenue has passed, surpassed physical print yet, but it's getting there. The trend is moving that way. So just following that trend, it just makes sense to to focus on digital. But there's still value in the physical um, physical print stuff. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Does that answer your question?
1: Yeah, I think it, it, does, it does. I think the trend is really gradually moving towards that tube from here as well and other places I've seen that's it. It's gradual. It's, it's, it's taking the uh, storms. People are, are focusing more on the digital stuff than print the editions.
0: Exactly. And, and there's ways to do physical that it still works. Like It's, it's quite easy to do print-on-demand now. So you can use something like CreateSpace or Lulu or Blurb or all these websites where it's very easy to put your stuff up there basically for free and then offer a link to somebody and they can buy it right from there. And you get a very small percentage of that sale, but it's it's still worth it, right? If somebody wants a physical copy, you know, a dollar in your pocket is better than zero dollars in your pocket. So it's still you know, some people want the physical copy and they don't want the digital. So it it helps to have it helps to kind of have both if you can do it.
1: Okay, right. You you earlier mentioned that social is not really a way to drive use to drive sales using social media. What are other ways that you think, or oh, if if I'm right with that, you said social media is a no way to drive sales to your book.
0: Yeah, so to clarify that is social media is good for, for driving traffic for sure, and it is a good platform. I mean, I use it all the time to market, so it is good for that, but it's not good as your primary platform, if that makes sense. So the difference between an email list and your website versus your Facebook account Um You know, I just, there's a million reasons why, but, uh, you know, I think in the day, it's just like those social media platforms are very noisy. They're very, very noisy. A person's inbox is much, almost always less noisy than their social media stream. Um, So when you put, when you send somebody an email, it's going to show up in their inbox. Um, Some people have just overcrowded inboxes. Sometimes they go to spam, but (coughs) a high percentage chance of getting into somebody's inbox and... It's, it's it's essentially Seth Godin's concept of permission marketing. Um, and, and that's what it's all about, because somebody opted in to get that email. So That's really powerful. Yeah. Whereas sure. if you do a Facebook ad, which I'm not against Facebook ads, I'm not against ads either, but you just have to okay. understand that that's like interruption marketing. You're paying to get in front of someone, and the reality is a lot of people just don't care, and they're so desensitized to the noise. So social media can be used to market, but I wouldn't use it as a platform. And then as far as the marketing is concerned... The best ways you can go about marketing on social media is through word of mouth. It's the same thing, just like it would be in real life. Word of mouth on, on online works as well. Social media, so encouraging your ambassadors and your early adopters to share on Facebook, to share on Twitter, asking influencers to share on both platforms as well. So an influencer will be somebody with their own established platform, with maybe thousands of subscribers. Um, that's really power. That can be really powerful too. I just say that you cannot rely solely on that because. Just the the, the 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 stats tell us that Facebook and Twitter and all these social social platforms don't drive as much um, traffic or sales as
1: as email lists do. Uh, like most people on on social media, especially on Facebook, are not in their ready mode to buy or purchase. They are in for, to socialize. So if you keep pushing them buy buy, you get only a few percentage and you might turn them off. But in inbox. They are open to read anything that comes their way, and if they are interested, they might want to take the next action. Exactly. Yeah. So, Tom, what would be your best advice for, uh, especially an upcoming author or publisher who wants to publish on Kindle Publishing? What would be your advice or best advice for them?
0: Um. Okay. So, so this is this is interesting. It, it, it again, it kind of depends on. I'd say one, def, define your goal. Um. And and here's the thing too. There are people that do make some money on Kindle by kind of pumping out niche products. Um, but it's quickly becoming super saturated. So people just kind of publish, they figure out like a, a category to get into and then they publish something just for that category. So it'd be like fly fishing in um, South America. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's cool. That's, if that's the type of book you want to write. Um, but if you were, and so if you're just looking at it as that, like, oh, I want to use this as, I want to, you know, crowdsource my content and then I want to publish in some niche topic that can rank high in that niche, um, I don't really do that stuff to be honest with you. You can do it, It's, it's it can be really effective, but you can probably make money from that. And in that case, you probably don't have to build a platform if you don't want, um, but it's also not really being an author, it's not really being a, a writer. You're just writing to to sell, you're not writing to actually like necessarily provide value or to say something worthwhile. So that's the thing. So when it comes to publishing through Insurgent Publishing, I only look for authors that are that want to say something worthwhile. And so for them, the person who wants to be like a true author and write something that's valuable, Um, you know, set that goal, start building that platform, and then when it comes to Kindle, I mean, again, if you're just starting from scratch, then I'm going to suggest that you just go for reach. You just get your name out there. And so that means I would suggest possibly doing a Kindle like KDP Select um, where you, you give it away for free for five days is make sure you copy as possible to everyone you know. Because the reality is, if you're writing stuff that's worthwhile, if you're good at it, people are going to want to read it. And even if you're a no-name, you won't be for long if you're good at what you do.
1: Mm-hmm. Writing stuff, that matters. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I think that, that's one of the one of Seth Godding's policy: doing work that matters. So like, if you really could write, and you should write something that's valuable to all, People that helps people not just to write, not because of the fans or the money sake, but to really something really that makes sense or make meaning to others. Exactly. Well, great. So, Tom, I always ask this: What would be your billion-dollar tip for the world? I guess since we're talking
0: about publishing, that you should publish now. You should start writing. You should learn how to create and monetize your writing because it's not going away. Um, well, that the the trend is, I don't know, it's at something like 25 billion dollars. Um, the publishing industry. Well, the trend is in, by 2017, or 2018, if I'm not mistaken, is 64 billion dollars. So it's a big pot of money. Um, that's is fair game for anybody that wants to put time and effort. So I would say, if you're interested in that, get after it and start now.
1: Great, so Tom, where can one connect with you and also contact Inserget's? Publishing for the resources and publishing.
0: Yeah, I send everybody to TomMorkus.com and from there uh you can get in contact with me and find out more about insert of publishing. We have separate websites for that and a bunch of other resources, but the the hub is TomMorcus.com. That's T O M M O R K E S dot com.
1: Tom Dot com. I think on later dates, we're looking forward to collaborate the new rules for launching a business online. I'll be looking forward to that. When are we looking forward to have that out?
0: I am actually going to be starting the crowdfunding of that via a platform called Publishizer on Monday. So in like four days or three days, um, that's going to be coming out. as And if you're not familiar, Publishizer is a lot like Kickstarter, which is a crowdfunding platform. So if... You know, this this will probably be coming out. um, So I'll probably be launching this as comes out, or excuse me, before the podcast comes out. Um, So hopefully it'll still be running if people are interested. But that'll be the only way to get access to this book until I finish it and ship it in uh, early 2015.
1: Uh, Okay, great. I'll, I'll follow through to that. I'll follow that. Yeah, so, Tom, so, thank you so much. It's been great insights shared so far, and I believe listeners will find this very more insightful also to take actions on the things that they've shared so far. I'm grateful.
0: Well, thank you so much, Bernard. I really appreciate it being on the show and, and your insightful questions. It was great.
1: Great. Now, one of the best resources I can offer you today is my latest book on personal branding. Uh, head over to Amazon now and get a book, Rebrand, The Ultimate Guide to Personal Branding. The book is Rebrand, The Ultimate Guide to Personal Branding. Search for Bernard Kelvin Clive and get a book today. Get one for someone. The best is yours. This podcast is proudly powered by GoCreateStudio.com, creating lasting business solutions. For 10% discount on all your web solutions, web design, and branding, use the short code BKC005. That is BKC005. Go to GoCreateStudio.com.